Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I'm joined by the co-host with the most hustle. He'll kick your ass if you get in a tussle, and he's got more wins than Bill Russell. Mozzie. <laughs> Is that true? Do, do I? I don't know. <laughs> we'll hey. say yes for the sake of internet. But um <laughs> Yeah, everything everything you hear and read on the internet is always 100% true. Yes, obviously. So <laughs> So on to our Thursday night preview and um after that the rest of the games of course. So we have the Ohio Bowl um in classic Ooh. Ohio fashion it sucks. <laughs> um, we both yeah, have I mean... Cleveland here winning the game. What is the spread anyway on this? I thought it was like 6 or something. I think it was 6 and a half. Let's go check. Let's check. It, it is, is six. Yeah. So yeah. it it opened at eight and a half, which I don't know if the scores were up. I, I think I think these odds might have been up before the week one games, but it's changed a lot since then. The over has gone. So the over under was forty six. It's now at forty three and a half. It seems reasonable. Um, yeah, I think I think Cleveland is not as bad as they looked against Baltimore. Baltimore is just gonna steamroll bad teams on a regular basis. Um, right. And then I think. Cincinnati was made to look a little better. At least I think their defense was made to look better than it is against the Chargers. Uh, it is better yeah, than last I, year, but yeah. the Chargers helped them look a little better too. They're, right. Like there's nothing we saw from Cleveland that inspires us to pick them, but just knowing the rosters all around, I think narratively, like this is should be like a get right game for Cleveland. Yeah, and I really think this is a Chubb smash bounce back. He might be my like banger of the week, honestly. Which yeah, I, know I, would, I would expect the same. I'll I'll pick another banger of the week for like the main slate. I guess like DNS purposes, but overall week, I really expect Chubb to just have a monster game. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I mean, I think both him and Hunt can do fine. Yeah, like but Cleveland, I think Chubb is, like pops. Yeah, Cleveland should like try to keep the ball out of Baker's hands as much as possible. Like, <laughs> if they might be one of the only teams where like they needed the inverse. Like, like a lot of teams you want to like air it out, and get get your offense going. Like for Cleveland, it might just be like just run it a metric shitload. Like, right? You've got establish two... the run game, set up the like the methodical offense, and then let Baker make some more. I don't know, open throws since they're afraid of the run. Yeah, because even though they like didn't have a chance to run a lot last game, they still averaged like five yards carry last game. Really? Yeah, which is interesting. Like they, which I'm curious how much of that is them and how much is maybe the Ravens still have a weakness there. Um, I guess we will find out, maybe not this week, but eventually. Right. Um, like, so the Cleveland hat knows how to do an effective run game. Well, I should say, like, Stefanski knows how to do um, an effective run game. So I, I, I expect them to do well this week. As far as receivers goes, I have Odell here on the bangers. I don't know. I know it's not, that's not a confident. That's like a fringe, a fringe bang. <laughs> fringe bang. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you got to be drunk for it. Um, <laughs> not sure if you should, but you know what? You've had a few. So, yeah, um, if you've got your beer goggles on, Odell's a banger. But the my biggest issue is, like we said, like the connection just doesn't seem like right. I don't know. He, this is the perfect spot for him to ball out here against the Bengals where the outline should hold up. They should be able to get Baker in his groove. Um, the wide receiver should be open. Yeah, like, like Landry, uh, Landry is still a little banged up. He'll be at his, you know, about like 
70, 75% of the snaps again, I, I think is kind of what they're saying. Um, yeah, 71 last time. So, like, <laughs> I I don't – we shouldn't see the ball go to Cotterell Hodge. Like, what the fuck was that? Um, so, yeah, also, I, I, I guess – I don't know if we should put in Banger Stream, but Hooper is now viable as well. One of the key injuries here that you put in is David Njoku with on IR. Yep. So – yeah, and I mean, I think the Cleveland defense uh, is also pretty viable because yeah. uh, I'm not sure. Is he the tackle, Xavier Suofilo? Uh, let me check. Yeah, so I had him in here. I'm a little less confident now, but um, I think he's their guard, by the way. He is their right guard. Okay, yeah. so they still have Bobby Hart. Uh, that's all I have to say is so, that the, the Cleveland pass rush should be uh, all over Burrow. Yeah, the right side of the Bengals line is now just atrocious. That uh, that clip of Bobby Hart. Yeah, so yeah, we we get Miles Garrett against Bobby Hart and a backup guard for the Bengals. Like that enough? That in itself should be enough to like see. There is definitely sack upside in this game. Not that yep. I, think, I don't think they're gonna like shut down the Bengals, but I think they have a lot of defensive fantasy point upside. Yep, and yeah, of course Burrow I think is good in the pocket and is good at rolling out and creating space for himself but like yeah i think burrow's a fine stream because the secondary yeah. cleveland's banged up very so they still have ward is he their only healthy guy I'm, i'll check but i i like i think i think burrow should outscore baker fantasy point wise in this game so yeah they've got denzel ward but their right corner is uh don't they have like more yeah, and in the whoever they have in the slot, like Marcus something, remember his name. But um, yeah, Greedy Williams is iffy for tonight. Like he's out on oh, here. Oh, is he out? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking through like their injury stuff. There's a fair amount of it. Shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, Terrence Mitchell um, uh, was was there in place for Greedy Williams um, in Week One, and oh he was boy. bad. <laughs> So. He was a round seven draft pick in 2014. He stayed in the league a long time for a seventh rounder. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Yeah, Greedy is out. My bad. So it'll be it'll be Marcus again. So. <coughs> yeah, it's, it, the, the Bengals should be able to pass a lot. Like, I'm, I'm on the Bengals patch catchers this week as, like, options. I think, especially Boyd. We saw... So Mark Andrews is really good, but we saw Willie Sneed have a good game too. So the slot for the Browns is just putrid. Ooh, so, but like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Boyd on here as a banger. He should I have a really good game. Green will probably be fine too. Yeah, like Boyd and Green and Burrow should all have solid fantasy outings. Would I'm, you concerned about? Are you concerned about Mixon? Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't have Mixon anywhere, so I'll have to make the decision. But um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to play him in DFS. I don't kind of think like where I'd put the line. I would start Ronald Jones over like over Joe Mixon this week for context. Well, so would I. Yeah, <laughs> playing the Panthers. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not like the Cleveland run is any good. I just don't know how much to expect from Joe Mixon if last game he wasn't getting the ball or he was getting the ball, but if he. And like in a game script that really favored him, I, and he didn't get much going. Like, well, I I don't know how much is the Chargers' run D being good, as well. Like, the Cleveland run D is definitely worse, so maybe he'll be more effective. But yeah, I could see him getting some short passes and getting a lot of yardage out of it. Yeah, I think he's an okay play. Mm-hmm. Like, odds are, if you have him, you probably don't have a, like maybe you have Rojo on the bench, but like 
I don't hate him, but I don't, I'm he doesn't excite me because I think the floor is a lot lower than you'd want from a you know early second round pick. So yep, he well yeah he's not a mash for me. I still think he does all right. Yeah, I think he still gets catches. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that's the thing I don't get is he doesn't get involved in the passing game enough, and he he has shown I think tremendous talent in as a receiver. Yeah, let me see how many targets uh, Geo had because that might have been part because Geo got enough snaps too to like eat into uh, Mixon's workload. Geo only got one rush. He had five targets though, so that's what happened. Mixon got two, but Geo got the five targets. So they're gonna, I think, lean on him still as the pad, like the pass catching back. <clears throat> so, yep, the Battle of Ohio. We'll see how it goes. I'm um, excited. I, I guess excited about tonight. I don't know how to put it, but. I'm ready to watch Nick Chubb do well. Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I want to watch Burrow. I yeah. want to see how that goes. I want to see him connecting with AJ Green. But I think we both admit the Bengals can win this game. Yes. Even though we both have Cleveland because like it it makes more sense. But I would not be surprised if the Bengals carry that that momentum into the game and nope. need a deflated Browns team. <laughs> so uh, how, how did you enjoy week one? Was it everything you hoped for? Oh, my God. I cherished every game like it could be the last one. Yeah. Because I... it really could have <laughs> It could be. Um, man, it was so great to watch some games and just feel back in, like, the football mode. I got all my screens up. I'm watching the <laughs> Jets, and then I'm not watching the Jets because they're the Jets. And I've got all the other games up, too, that are much more exciting and interesting. Oh man, red zone, everything. Yeah, I was I was glued to games the whole day. My girlfriend was like, she's like, you've been watching it like all day. That's been your whole day. I'm like, yeah, yep. yeah, it's been amazing. It's great. I love it. Wouldn't change. It's one about? right. It's one day a week that mm-hmm. is just it's devoted to the football. Yeah, especially got... especially this first week where it's been, <clears throat> it feels like it's been forever, and there's just not been a ton of sports, you know. So. Oh my goodness. It does feel like it's been forever. And there were definitely a lot of teams that looked like they really could have used a preseason, huh? Yeah, a couple a couple teams in a preseason form. <laughs> <laughs> um the the one the teams with the most continuity right. looked about like a lot of the teams looked about the same is the funny part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not a whole lot changed from last year to this year. Obviously, like you know, loads of quarterback changes did, but some of the quarterbacks looked the same, Phil. Um <laughs> Well, we'll get to him. Yeah, so we've got a lot of notes from um, our week one stuff, so we'll just kind of go down the list here, starting at uh, Ravens and Browns. Woof. Yeah, that was a, a shellacking, which I don't know how much is the Browns are worse than we'd hoped or the Ravens are even better than we thought. I think some of both. Cause Baker, a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, Baker <laughs> looked bad. Uh, my, my, off, my off-to-use Kirk Cousins comp might have been a little generous for his performance, but... um. The Ravens are just absurd. Yeah, I think it was a combination of the Browns being really new and not put together and in full preseason form against a team that was ready to go. I think. I mean, I think the Ravens would be ready to go to the playoffs right now. Yeah. Like that's they, how just jazzed up the team is. Yeah, they don't have much change from last year. So that helps but, them a lot. Like, I think we all thought the Browns would – lose but put on a better showing yeah because so it we, did not happen yeah we recorded monday so it's pretty early so like on monday we thought it would be closer but as the week rolled on 
more and more injury stuff came up for the Browns. And then, like, about, like, Friday, I'm like, I think like I think I texted you, like, the Ravens are going to steamroll, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, it became apparent throughout the week that the Browns weren't going to be able to hold up against the Ravens. And that, and that showed. Um, they pretty much didn't have to try in the second half. Um, actually, Hollywood got all of his yards in the first half and only one second half target since they, they fully sent the Browns to pound town. Oh, yeah. And I think they're arresting people by, like, the third quarter. Yeah, and, I mean, it was over pretty soon. Once they hit 31-6, it was, they, they just, everyone just kind of yeah called called the game. Because um, <laughs> one of the things I've seen around, I've seen a lot of um, Kareem Hunt workload talk out of context. Um, so they, Chubb didn't play in the fourth, and he only played a little bit in the third. Um so Kareem Hunt had, let me see, I think he had 13 carries and seven of them came in the fourth. And okay. then um, he had what? Yeah, in two of the targets. And the rush also came like late in the third when the game was 31 6. Um, yeah, Chubb had 10 rushes and um, I think he had just one target. So he got his eight, he got eight of those rushes in his target when the game was actually like in reach pretty much. But um, sure. yeah, once the game was out of reach, they pretty much pulled Chubb out of the game because he had, he had a, like a meaningless fumble, I think, in the late third when it was already over. <clears throat> Hunt had a fumble, I think, that he might have recovered himself or someone recovered near the goal line, but he also, like, he had some ball security issues during the goal line, so that makes me feel a little better about Chubb maybe getting a goal line lean. But basically the, the gist is, is the worse the Browns are, the more Hunt you're going to get. <laughs> and so Chubb might just be a, like, we, like a matchup-based smash play, like, against the Bengals tonight. So we have, by the way, recording Thursday in the early afternoon. We're um, mm. going to be previewing the game tonight um, in a bit. So, yeah, I think I <laughs> like, surprise, I think Chubb's going to destroy the Bengals. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but in in matchups where he the Browns should do okay, Chubb should smash. I'm not worried. Right. I'm not panicking off of them getting boat raced by the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, and you don't really run much when you're losing by that much either, mm-hmm. like, in general. Um, yeah, and yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't be worried about Chubb. If people are worried, they shouldn't be. Yeah, and, and the game, like, I don't think they have a too bad of a schedule, but in the games where they might get shellacked, you know, maybe no Chubb, but in games like the Bengals, it's a great opportunity <laughs> for them to get back on track. Right, and we're like one of the things we've been preaching is like this is week one, so like don't overreact, please, for the love of God. I think I counted, I was doing this yesterday. I thought there were about eight teams at most that looked like they were fine without the preseason. That was like the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Saints, um, you know, like the Cardinals, the Steelers. Ah! Maybe well, Steelers in the second half looked fine. Yeah, yeah, they took Big Ben took a bit. Right. But, you know, maybe, oh, maybe sorry, Ben Roethlisberger. Don't call, right. call him a big Ben. Forget about that. Right. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger. But yeah, like there were only a handful of teams that looked like they were ready to go right out the gate. And there were a lot more teams, the rest of the league, that looked like they really needed preseason. I thought the Steelers looked sloppy in the first half. I thought the Titans looked really sloppy. Yeah, well, the they're beginning. kicking like sloppy. <laughs> Right, the other kicker looked soft. I mean, they they kind of struggled offensively. Yeah. Like, they weren't clicking like the Titans of last year. And I'm I'm saying like, don't panic. Things will develop as we get out of preseason, which is the first four games generally. So I think mm-hmm. there's a there's a few games here that are kind of practice mode, scrimmage mode. Um, but on the flip side of Chubb, though, 
saying, don't worry about Chubb, especially when the, the game is more competitive. Are you worried at all about Mark Ingram? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not... The backfield was like a pretty much like three-way split with like... Uh, I think like Dobbins... I think I can pull it up. I think Dobbins got like a little more than Ingram. And then Gus also got like a fair amount. So the snap counts. So Dobbins got 39%. Ingram got 36%. Gus got 25%. Now... It's probably shifted some because, like I said, they just utterly shellacked the Browns. Like, Robert Griffin got some time. So, that's like when you know, okay, (laughs) that was a rough scene. Um, But Dobbins got the goal line work. And so, because Mark Mark Ingram without the touchdowns isn't someone I wouldn't play. Like, yeah, it's like Eric Ebron without the touchdowns. Yeah. Like, they're all better than that. It's. Yeah, because because he got his touch his his, his touchdown was I remember what it was, but he had an early one, didn't he? Uh, did he? I thought Dobbins took them all. Or no, yeah, I meant Dobbins. Sorry, I remember when Dobbins touchdowns were pulling it up. Yeah, he had an early one too. Like he when the game was still alive and like not. Yeah, he had a yet. yeah. So he got a t- he got his first touchdown when it was um ten to six, and then his next one like later in the game in the fourth. So. I mean, he he was getting goal line opportunities when the game was close, and just in general. So it's good to see. We love Dobbins. Love yeah, some Dobbs. And so, like, it makes it tough to really well one trust any of them, and two just like to especially Mark Ingram because if they're clearly working in Dobbins, and mm-hmm. Dobbins looked like he looked better than Ingram. Like, well, yeah, he's <laughs> as good as Mark Ingram yeah. is, Dobbins is absurd, and he his um one where he went left. So they were on the short side of the field, and he took it towards the sideline and left on the short side of the field and, like, went around the end and brought it in. I'm like, holy shit, that is fast. Yep. So. He's he definitely was, got the best long-term upside of the three by, like, a lot. Yeah, he was impressive. So. The, I mean, the Ravens in general were impressive. They, the, the usual suspects of Hollywood and Mandrews looked great, too. So. Oof. Yeah. And then, as we were talking a little before, Lamar is getting better in, in his only third year. But that his throw passing is to Marquise better. Brown. Yeah, that was a my dude. dude. That was one of his best throws I've seen to make as a pro, just because, like I said, it was just a dime right in the bread basket, and then it like mm. it was a pretty throw. Like it didn't look like it was slowing down on there because like one of the knocks on Lamar Jackson was he doesn't have that full deep ball speed, but it it, lo- it looked a lot better in the air. It did. It. He I noticed like immediately that. He has a little more zip on the ball than he yeah. had in the previous two years. I said he might just be more jack now. Yep. So, this uh, dude, this team could go sixteen and zero. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, this repeating the fourteen two from last year is definitely in reach. So, mm-hmm. but um, so a little bit more on the other side of the game. Um, so oh, the Odell and Landry. Um, Landry was kind of limited with the hit thing. Still, I think he plans to play tonight. And I'm um, still probably still have the same snap count. I think he was like a, like three fourths of the snaps or something. And then um, Odell drew like three penalties, I think, of like the holding PI variety. Um, they're all in the same drive, and two were back to back on Humphrey. So even though the stats didn't add up, he was still getting open. But mm-hmm. in the same vein, B- Baker doesn't look like he like knows what to do with Odell. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I like mean, he's he has way better chemistry with Jarvis, but like, I don't, 
he's not the best at throwing to Odell, which is kind of concerning is for Odell. Like, if Odell doesn't have a good game tonight, yeah, you got to be really concerned, I think. I mean, I keep I, – I've been hearing trade rumors for two years, <laughs> but they kind of quieted for a while there as the hype for the Browns went up, and now I'm hearing them again. Yeah, I feel like, well, one, they should force feed him tonight, and two, they may just do it anyway to keep him happy. But Yeah, but um, it's, it's, it's just not clicking – the Baker Odell connection. No, it's like, not. Odell with like Kyler Murray would be, I think, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Odell would do great with a lot, a lot of quarterbacks. So it's kind of concerning that yeah. he's just not producing when we know how good he is. Exactly. Yeah. You said the Kyler Murray thing real quick. Oh yeah, I didn't write it in here, but Hopkins got a ton of targets. Uh, I, that's one of the calls I think we should feel good about. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Which. Part of it might have been matchup based, but at the same time, like he had fourteen or fifteen catches. Yeah, like I'm not gonna say it was like I'm not gonna say it was, a, it was like a dumb concern because like it made I get why people thought that, but like it makes more sense to just think they'll throw it to the better guy. No, I was a dumb so. concern. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand anyone who's like, oh, Hopkins isn't gonna be good this year. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I get having him as like five, number five in your top five, but like I. I, we never got like I never understood having him like twelve. Yeah, no, that was a, that's ridiculous. But yeah, he looked great. Um, Kylo looked really good. So Kylo looked great. I'm a little scurry. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm honestly, it's weird to say I'm excited for the Cardinals Washington game. Right. <laughs> but, it, it's not an, a sentence that's been uttered in many years. <laughs> yeah, really. But um, before we start previewing that, we'll go through a little more from last week. Um, so Colts Jags. That was a hilarious upset in classic <laughs> Philip Rivers fashion. Oh my he, god! So he will officially be noodly Phil. We kind of held it back a little bit until we wait and saw, but he's noodly Phil. Yeah, he's he's kind of noodly. Yeah. Do you think he gets replaced mid-season? So like, they give him like the the season. Like, do they give him the whole year? I'm looking at their schedules. Yeah, the Vikings this week. They get the Jets the following week. If oh, fuck. If for some reason he is bad against the Jets, then I think we see, like, a change soon. Yeah. Because oh, after the Vikings, that. they got Jets, Colts, Browns, Bengals, Lions. They have, like, an easy fucking schedule for a bit. Because, like, the Vikings pasty is terrible. They've got the, yeah, the Jets, Bears, Browns, Colts, Lions. And then they face the Ravens, like, in November. So they've got a really easy stretch. <laughs> Which is part of why, like... We ended up having the Titans like pretty high just because we thought you know easy schedule they'll win some of the close games too. So yeah, uh, it's a shame, but he's definitely there, and it's uh it sucks. The Colts are basically an Andrew Luck away from being really good. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I'm trying to see like how many I wish I had some like errors. Yeah, cause, like I don't know how many passes went more than like 15 or 20 yards downfield for the Colts. One maybe. Looking at like the long, so there was a long of thirty five, but that was a Jonathan Taylor catch and run. Like the next one was Jack Doyle twenty eight, and then a Campbell twenty one. So I'm not sure how much of that was yak though. Maybe I think like, most of that was yak. I assume so. I need to find some of the yak. But, I mean, that's what they're gonna do, and that's that'll benefit Paris Campbell as the year goes on. Where sure. if they're looking to do a lot of yak stuff, and it'll also benefit the running backs because um, they can move this one up here, but. So, Marlon Mack went down. That happened. Um, Rip. Jonathan Taylor uh, is unleashed, or I assume will be unleashed this week. Right. 
Um, so yeah, he he got six targets. Um, Hines got that eight. was nice. Yeah, the the targets were nice and not necessarily expected, which I guess this goes to show that the Philip Rivers throwing backs is a Philip Rivers thing. I mean, it was probably was, but he also had a lot of really good pass catching running backs at, with the Chargers. But I mean, it's clearly and like and then seeing how few Eckler got it, it's a Rivers thing. So that yeah. will benefit them both. Although while Jonathan Taylor is like, in my opinion, now just for sure a top twelve running back. I mean, where, where are you out of damn? Do you I assume you agree? Uh, I love him. Yeah. So there's been a lot of like uh, like debate on Twitter about where to put Jonathan Taylor now. Um, who who would you take over him? Um, who would I take over Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. So like, I would still take Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Zeke, yes. Um, Josh Jacobs for me at least. And Ceh, I would Clyde. still. Um, Clyde. I'll, I'll still take Kamara. Yes. Um, especially with Michael Thomas, that seemed like a lot of looks. What about Dalvin Cook? I would. I would. I would still take Dalvin Cook. Yeah, because we've got he's that. a little bit more of a sure thing with less crowded of a backfield. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what about Barkley? Ooh. Which that's why I saved him for last because I knew we were gonna have like a little bit of a struggle with it. <laughs> like preseason, sure, definitely still going with Saquon, but the way the offense looks right now and how they can't engage him correctly, I do think a lot of that was the Steelers, at least. You know, definitely part of it. But I mean, at the same time, like he he was getting tackled in the backfield for a four yard negative rush at almost every time. And that's like it's on the Steelers is also greatly on the Giants offensive line. Yeah. Coming up, they've got Bears, Niners, Rams, Cowboys, Washington, uh, the oh Eagles, Bucks, Washington again, Eagles like they don't have an easy run schedule. Like no, they're that, schedule, like, disgusting. Like, the Cowboys maybe, but like otherwise, it's a pretty fucking hard like <laughs> run schedule. I mean, the Bears might not be bad next week, but like Rams, Niners, Washington twice, Eagles twice, Bucks. Like that sucks. And so, in in a standard, I'm gonna say I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor. Um, in a half, it's close and full. I think I'll maybe still take. Barkley just because he will get enough catches regardless. Like we saw, even with negative right. rushing yards, he still had fantasy like like twelve or thirteen PPR points just as he catches the ball a lot. Exactly. But, yeah. Like yeah, right around like right around the twelve spot at running back. That like the Nick Chubb to Gurley and Eckler. That's I would, where like I would Taylor take, would go. I yeah. would take Taylor above all of them as much as I love Chubb. I the Browns give me some concern. Exactly. I, that's like where I have the Taylor line. Yeah. Just because, like, we saw, like, there will there will be some, and like, I don't want to call it, like, Amari Cooper S, but it's going to be the thing where there is going to be some boom bust chub as much as it makes me sad to say it. Yeah, <laughs> because of course. The Browns are the Browns. the Browns. Yeah. Gosh. Man. What if, uh, man. I was, like, thinking, like, Red, like, thinking, I'm like, oh, what if, like, Todd Gurley is out next year and the Falcons trade for Chubb? Uh, I would love oh. that. Anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> bring another Georgia back in. So, anyway. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor... Yep. If if yep. someone is not valuing him that highly, try to go trade for him. You have him in our in our Delta Six leagues. Like, I think you have him in both leagues. I'm in with you, right? Uh no. Soham. Oh, that's right. Sniped him from me right before I was going to take him. He took him the pick before me, and he left me with Lev Bell. Rip. 
Uh, it was not on IR, along with some other Jeets. So yep, Just put them all on there. Yeah, they they oh, get they oh, get yeah. Jeet instead of Jet now. <laughs> they, yeah, they are full Jeet. <laughs> but um, so um, on yeah on that side, so Hines actually had more snaps than Mac and Jonathan Taylor combined, which is kind of interesting. Um, it was a close game, so that's you know kind of worth noting. So he'll still be heavily involved along with Jonathan Taylor, I think. Um, Paris Campbell led all the wide receivers tight ends and snaps. Also kind of cool um, because we're big fans of him. And I think it goes to show he looked really good. I think last year was really just injuries fucked him over. Injuries, the instability of quarterback, Jacoby yeah. Brissett, and then like Rivers' wheelhouse is like a short pass with blocking wide receivers for the one that catches it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like that lends itself to Paris Campbell really well. Yep, I agree. But uh, it's it's a bummer for Marlon Mack. He was having a great game to start too behind that yeah. indie line that he's great at running behind. So it's unfortunate for him. And he's a free agent after this year, so it's going to be tough for him to land somewhere else. I think. Which sucks. And that's yeah, that's definitely something to bring up. Is the Colts' line is still very very good. They yeah. have an amazing guard that Jonathan Taylor is going to be running behind a lot. Yeah, oh, that yeah. adds a lot of value to it. So. But um, on the other side, the Jags have a very obvious top three at receiver with um, Chark and actually so yeah so did obviously DJ Chark. Keelan Cole has made a made a comeback, which I'm happy about because I love watching him because he was in the doghouse last year and was struggling. So I'm glad he's back. And then Lavishka Chenault also the rookie. Um, he actually got a direct snap like Wildcat, and then they gave him another carry as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then DD was was inactive. Chris Conley barely saw the field, so it's the it's that obvious top three, which I think is actually a pretty solid top three receivers. Yeah, I mean Lavishka was that guy we were talking about that had just so much potential. He just had injury concerns, and right now he's he's on the potential side, and he's doing yeah, he looked great nice things. Yeah, he's fun to watch. And then also James Robinson was the only running back to get um, all the running back carries for a team. This week, <laughs> you've probably heard that stat by now, but yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. He looked like relatively solid, and it was kind of interesting to see the Colts' run D struggle. Some that kind of like it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Like, yeah, no, I I think that was the most shocking thing about the game was just that the Colts' defense looked really mediocre. Yeah, like we knew the secondary wouldn't be great, but nineteen we, of twenty though is yeah, like we thought we thought their front would be better. Yeah. Yeah, to Forrest Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, what happened was like, I mean, they did register four sacks, but like, aside from getting some sacks, they didn't do a whole lot. <sighs> yeah, but that was a shocker. That was a shocker. Yeah, the secondary is bad enough that it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, when you can throw, it opens up the run game, and yeah. there's definitely like direct effects that. But Mar- Mac was running well yeah Mac, Mac was balling and uh james robinson was running fine at the beginning too if i remember correctly mm-hmm. i like i i just yeah the colts another team they probably needed a little preseason yeah and uh, like we can't really discount like jake gruden had a great game plan for this game too like mm-hmm. he knew the colt we- the colt's weaknesses and attacked that properly and then of course we had classic phil with his uh pick six <sighs> Game on the line. It was a pick six, right? Balls in Rivers' hands. I don't remember if it was a pick six. It was definitely a pick. Was it a pick six or pick? I'm trying to remember. It might have just been a pick. But the late Brady game had the pick six. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had that. 
Uh, yeah, late game pick. That's right, in the fourth. That wow, yeah, some long ass drives with just touch, like no touchdown or field goal, just the pick. Classic Bill. Two critical interceptions. Yeah, they never punted and they still lost. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's like the most Philip Rivers thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Chargers go and charge. But um, yeah. So next up, um, in the Washington uh, Eagles game, the, the Washington defense. One. Holy moly! Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so we didn't actually pick upsets and locks, but I mean, either Arizona or Washington would have been my upset and would have both worked. But the Washington yep. one was probably my favorite because it was a comeback, too. Yeah, yeah, they were 20 something unanswered points, 24. Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, we were, you can find our previous like podcasts, we were very, very effusive about how good this Washington defense was going to be. I still thought, like, I still had it in my head, like, you know, Carson Wentz can do the pocket magic sort of thing. He hits Deshaun Jackson once, like, that's enough to win this game because I think it's low scoring. I saw them, I had them winning by one, and they couldn't even do that. The Washington defense was even was even better. It was it was nasty. Wentz thought was manhandled. They had yep. eight sacks, right? Eight. eight. Yeah, because yeah, no Lane Johnson hurt too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, we already knew they were banned up, but yeah, no Lane Johnson. Then Boston Scott got hurt, and Miles Sanders was already out. <laughs> so. This team has no weapons. Yeah. They don't have offensive players. Yeah, there was a lot of shitting on Wentz. And, like, did he was he, like, good first half, but second half, he did have some mistakes that were on him. But at the same time, who's going to do well when they're getting sacked eight times? Like. There's an aspect of, like, once you just get the absolute shit beat out of you, you're going to start fucking up. <laughs> like, Right, yeah, that's part of football. Yeah. That's, like, the point of football. <laughs> uh, I literally hit them enough to make them bad. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's and, what they uh, did, so. I, I, Yeah, I mean, the Wentz, you know, criticism, I think, is really unwarranted, personally. I mean, yeah, does he hold on to the ball a little bit long? Yeah, but you could say the same about a lot of really good NFL quarterbacks. I think... Yeah. Like, I don't know. Deshaun Watson holds onto the ball oh, too yeah. long. You know, like he he's amazing. Sacks, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, like the if, difference is he does, he has wide receivers and a running back. Yeah, he's also is able to like run better too. Right. <laughs> that matters more as well. And so, yeah, once didn't have like anyone to go to besides his tight ends. He had that deep bomb to Regor, and that was you know about it for the wide receivers. Right, and he's a rookie. Like consistent plays, and so, he's not not dependable yet. Yeah, and I think he, I'm pretty sure he was like relatively limited too, because he barely ended up playing. So yeah, I thought he was going to be out before the game started too, or at least close to it. Yeah, he played. So he actually played the most snaps, but he only played 59 percent of the snaps. They mixed it up a lot. Mm. There was a lot of Ertz and Goddard together who played 85 and 79 percent respectively. So, oh, yeah. I mean, they're like the only two pass catching options. Yeah. Good options, but you need more. <laughs> so, you need more. But yeah, that, that Washington defense is, is nutty. And then um, Peyton Barber, Bill Trigg was hilarious. But, um, oh my God. Yeah. 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 Next, we, uh, so Bills, Jets. So oh, we, had, we had the Jalen show. Pretty classic Josh Allen as far as like, he had some pretty good stuff, he had some pretty bad stuff. There was more yep. good than bad, at least this time. So that's what you you know hope for. 
Yeah, I mean, they looked great. They looked fine. They looked like they. I think they were one of the few teams that didn't need the preseason. They looked fine and ready yeah, to go. Looked, and I think that comes yeah. down to your coach a mm-hmm. lot, because uh, yep. we love Sean McDermott and think he is the real deal. And we, I think we've been on that train for a few years now. So yeah, like, especially last year, we were ready for it. Um, but yeah, they uh, they, they manhandled him. Uh huh. It was rough. Um, yeah, the like the. The Jeets. They're just going to be the Jeets for right now. They they looked like one of the few teams that had just absolutely nothing together. Their receivers couldn't catch the ball. Gase was out coached for the entire game. It would I like could actually watch it happening in real time. Yeah. Like Gase just getting out coached like ridiculously badly. The third quarter started. The Bills got the ball to start the third, and they had the ball. For almost the whole quarter. And you're losing this entire time. There's no clock management or trying to get the ball out of their hands. At some point, you have to just be like, just let them score so we can get the ball back. Like, this is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, They're wasting so much clock. They had 40 minutes of possession. Yeah, the Bills ran eight. They had 87 snaps. Oh. Yeah, that's absurd. So, yeah, but... the, the narrative yeah last week was um, how long till Gase gets fired. And it is the same... Uh, narrative for this week how long till Gates gets fired because that was dreadful Darnold looked bad I like I thought he he needs a different situation like he needs there's there's time there's still time I I believe there is still time to save uh Sam Darnold because he Sam save Sam he I mean he turned 23 in June he's still stupid young um please he is yeah he's younger than Joe Burrow (laughs) Oh my God! Please give him a situation. Joe Douglas called his parents in the offseason and said, "We're going to protect Sam." He got a whole new offensive line, and they had pieces that they were, you know, it was a new offensive line, like mm-hmm. entirely new. Five. Yeah, new it's going to take time to mesh. That'll take some time to mesh, but like you, you get a new coach, get a new coach, get a new yep. coach. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. I I feel sorry for you and Caleb. I feel sorry for all Jets fans right now. It sucks. My condolences. Um. The run defense was good. There's there's run defense plenty, was yeah. good. Marcus um, May was really good. Uh, our free safety. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, I think, he's leading the league in sacks. He uh, or like he's tied for the lead. Yeah, because I think Kerrigan had two, right? Because I think he got like again like, NFC Defensive Player of the Week or something like that. Mm. Yeah, let me. I want to check this out real quickly. But yeah, yeah, Marcus May. He has two sacks. He is tied uh, gotcha. for first. And, and and he picked off. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't. Did he, did he pick off Jalen? Maybe a couple. Oh, that one fumble by Jalen. So this is like. Oh, he had the Jalen. fumble. He had the forced fumble. Yeah. So like with Jalen, like one of my things is like how long does the good outweigh the bad and how often does it outweigh the bad? Because there was a lot of good Jalen in this game, but there was also like he literally like fucking flipped and dropped the ball. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Like he's got to do that. And I, I think the Bills are okay with it. And they're just going to say like, hey, Josh, go be you. Because. If they try to reel them in too much, they might not get the good. And so, like, <laughs> I, th- I think if you want the good, you have to also have some bad. Yep. You got to take the good with the bad, like, man. Maybe he's just got to get, like, hit or something first. Or, like, he has to, like, get the adrenaline going somehow to really, like, get going. I don't know. but It's like a paradigm of humanity, you know? Like, the, it's the good and the bad. Like, yeah. people people have good and bad aspects, you know? <laughs> it's like it's might be like a little bit of a Jameis thing where Jameis had to like throw the pick. Josh Allen has to like just do some buck wild some like something to like get ready to play football. He has to run head first into six people and try to flip the ball out yeah. to his right. Once he's seeing red, he's good. <laughs> um 
I did want to bring up that while we're on the Jalen uh, mention here that the I think one of the Jets' biggest struggles that you'll be able to exploit all season is that they cannot, for the life of them, contain running quarterbacks. Yeah, expect the loss of Jamal Adams. I think is going to hurt that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Lamar Jackson game last year? Oh, I do. Oh yeah. Like it was already <laughs> bad, but it's going to be worse. Yep. I yeah. They they cannot contain running quarterbacks. Any quarterback that can run and get out of the pocket is going to beat them. Yeah, and it was just funny because like their running back run defense is good. Which what one of my other like, concerns was how much of it was the Jets run D and how much was like the Bills running game being bad. Yeah, I think that the Jets run D was probably on the bright side as far as like all the dark spots they had <laughs> that game. Uh the run D's was good last year. I think it's still fine. Mm-hmm. But um uh, the and the other takeaway is that the Bills defense is nasty. Uh, that was part of it like the Jets offense couldn't like they couldn't get anything going against them. Yeah, it was it was a sad game. Um although one thing worth mentioning fantasy wise is Crowder is going to be the garbage time target target king. I think that's going to be a thing. Once they finally got him involved, he started producing. But, that touchdown run he had was very nice. Yeah, Crowder is like pretty good. He's a he's like a really good slot receiver. It's just yeah, they're going to feed him targets and hopefully stuff works. So right, PPR <laughs> guy. Um, but moving on. So the Falcons defense at the end of last year was a mirage. Um, <laughs> letting Russ cook is apparently happening. The Seahawks had like a pretty high, like neutral script, like pass rate. So neutral script's just like within seven, not like end of a quarter game. And then, um, or sorry, not, not end a half. And then, um, like not like right by the end zone pretty much. So there's like most general situations. They passed the fourth most like often. Yeah. They, um, they were on board with the let Russ cook thing. They were yeah. like, let's let's let Russ cook, actually. Yeah, and, and he did. Mm-hmm. He did cook. He was, I think he was 31 for 35. Yeah. I could... And I know at least one, probably two of like, one was definitely DK drop, and I think another one was like, hey, like, DK should have caught that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, one was like a complete DK drop. Basically 32 of 35. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was absurd. And part of me is like, how much of that is – Falcons, how much of that is Seahawks' new game plan? I don't know. Um, but both, I think, are things that are going to stick, I hope. Yep. So as long as Russ is passing a lot, that offense should be really good. Hey, we picked the uh, Seahawks to win the West, and I look, I, I like that so far, man. I know it's the overreaction Monday or whatever day we're on now, Thursday, but mm-hmm. that uh, he, they look pretty good. Yeah. And Jamal Adams had a hell of a game. Yes, he. So I guess we're bounce around a lot. Like the Hayden, our Hayden Hurst love over the offseason, I think I'm pretty sure going into the week, I was like, hey, may, like maybe not right away. Maybe not this week. Yeah, no, that was a good call. Yeah, like he was viable stream just because of how tight end is. But the, I think I, I think we expressed the concern of like Jamal Adams covering him. Yep. And no, he, he did. He did a great job, which is, I guess, kind of something to keep in mind going forward on tight end matchups. Doesn't matter this week because they play the Pats, who don't have a, don't use their tight end to throw to. Yeah. But like going forward, it's worth noting. And then Gurley didn't get anything going either. So they're really the way the way to beat this Seattle team is to have good receivers to pass to. So you have to. Yep. But um, 
So the Falcons D was bad, caused a lot of garbage time, and a lot of garbage time, a lot of, just a lot of passing for the Falcons we expected, but I think the Vikings D might have been worse. Um, that secondary, we thought it was going to be bad, and part of it's Aaron Rodgers, but like, holy moly, that was so awful. That was awful. Yeah, that we're going to be picking on them all year, right? I think I think it's just <laughs> as simple as that, like... Well, I, me- I remember last week I said, like, bad secondary sets up for heartbreak at home was, like, <laughs> my tagline for the Packers-Vikings game. And Heartbreak was generous. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, they <laughs> put up points in the fourth, but they, they, they had never had a chance. Nope. So, oh, my Lord, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, <laughs> they're going to need to fix something. Like, they're going to need to pass a lot more the Vikings if they want to not get bow race all the time, so... <laughs> a lot of feeling and hopefully somewhere eventually and i guess a lot of running back passes i'm guessing so maybe yeah, that's probably. some flex appeal some weeks but jefferson might get integrated a bit earlier than we thought yeah too. just by necessity <laughs> yep so um next we had chargers Bengals. we um the Bengals should like they should have so, won yeah the pi call like it, it was reasonable enough that i'm not mad at it i know some Bengals fans are gonna be upset at it but it was a good sell, and I don't. I think as a ref, you kind of have to call that. Otherwise, like, what the fuck are you actually going to call? Well, it would be nice if they had some kind of system where they could, you know, take the call, throw the flag, and then review it somehow and, like, <laughs> look at it and go, oh, you know what? I can actually see the moment where he figures out that he can flop here and he goes to do that. So never mind. It'd be really great if they had something like yeah. that. I don't, they should play around with that probably. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably act like it was a sell. That was a flop. Yeah. Not as bad as another one we'll get to in a bit, but was a good sell. He, he caught AJ Green in the act of having his arm extended, even if he wasn't pushing. Exactly. He was like, oh, this is my chance. So good play there on the defense. Um, selling it. And I I'm not like mad at the call or anything personally, but I was mad they didn't go for it. Yeah, because they had all the momentum. Burrow was marching him down the field with short passes. I, I thought know. like they just took a shot at the end zone, they could just score. I'm like, I was like, don't take it to overtime. Like, have some balls, do it. Like, if I could go for it, I was yeah, ready for it. Go for it. What is what happens if you miss it? You lose the game, well, you lost. So. Yeah. <laughs> like that is classic Bengals right there, which is it's so funny because they they, they should have won the Chargers. Yeah, they, they... <laughs> the curse was Phil all along, right? Yeah, it's like always the curse. Yeah, the curse was all Phil always has been, always has been. But yeah, like the end of the game where they were up tempo, Burrow looked great. The offense looked good. I think they should just do that all the time or as much as they can because that seems to be optimal Bengals. It's like they always say, you know, like ride the hot hand, right? So like yeah. go with the, the the guy that's on fire. Usually it's a running back or someone in, playing in the game. And you're like, all right, we're going to keep giving it to them because they're on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, like the offense was on fire. So keep going with that. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I understand the practicality of kicking a field goal. But Joe Burrow was leading that two-minute offense like a veteran. Yeah, his – his performance, like I said, especially at the end, was is super confidence inspiring for his future. He did have that one fuck up where he tried to like shovel it in, and Melvin Ingram just snagged it. Uh-huh. But that's gonna happen. Like as a rookie who's not played any preseason, like you're gonna occasionally do some dumb shit. But he looked really good. I, I, I liked what he put on. Josh Allen is gonna be making those plays for the next two years. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
he's allowed to do it game one, right? Uh-huh. And I will I will say I was impressed by the Bengals defense. Um yes. I know Yes was, and uh, right. sorry, go ahead. The, it, the, like they weren't amazing by any stretch, but I kind of expected them to be garbage and they were not garbage. They were playing them tough. Yeah. Like my my and is also the Chargers also had a terrible game plan. Ugh. Like what was it even? I, what I like just, what was their game plan? Win by three. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know. Like Eckler got one target. He ran the ball. He had a career high rush. He got one target. Like not much Keenan Allen. Some good Mike Williams shots, but like they didn't they didn't connect. And so yeah, most of them he was out of bounds catching it. Yeah, like. The game plan was just terrible. Like any decent team should be able to beat the Bengals. Like not like like in that game at least. Like the fact that yeah. the Bengals should have won says a lot about the Chargers. I think doesn't it? Yeah. I yeah. How does Eckler get one target? What is that? It's so dumb. Well, just, he might get more this week against the Chiefs out of necessity. You gotta hope. But yeah, the Chargers. I don't know how that was your game plan. That was pitiful. So I feel pretty bad about them going forward. I wonder how soon we'll see Justin Herbert, but um, that was shameful, and you should be ashamed. Yeah. But <laughs> last thing on the Bengals before we jump around, um, snap counts I found kind of interesting. So Mixon only got fifty nine percent of the snaps. Um, really? Geo got some run, and they also ran some no running back, some empty backfield. So, mm. um, that was kind of something I found interesting, just because this was one of the best. This is a not a best case scenario, but a pretty high-end scenario as far as like game script goes for being able to like run the ball a lot did they um they do a lot of four wide receiver things like what did they do yeah they did a lot of, they did six, not a lot but it's some empty backfield and like a lot of stuff where they didn't get a tight end or running back involved at all although one thing with Mixon is he, he actually had 40 snaps he was used so he got 19 rushes and two targets so like more than half the time he was in he was getting the ball which is good in that sense but you know, I guess good defenses, the touchdown opportunity is going to be low. He may not be in all the time if they're behind because Gio got some run. Um, and one other thing, uh, John Ross actually had the most receiver snaps, which is kind of hilarious. He should have had a touchdown pretty should've, much. Yeah. So He's always been great. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not uh, healthy a lot. Yeah, and then AJ, speaking of healthy, AJ Green actually looked healthy and good and fine, which is encouraging and sort of surprising. Yeah, but, that's great. It's great for Burrow. Uh-huh. I'm excited for him. Yeah, me, me too. I, I think he's got a pretty bright future. A um, couple more things before we start uh, previewing. The Pats clearly give zero fucks who gets the ball. They just want to win. Um, <laughs> like, the rushing yeah, was so spread out. Like, the receiving, like, was like they won, like, on the back of Cam. Like, it's pretty much Cam, like, the only, like, the only fantasy-relevant guy in the offense. He's the only one that you can, like, point out on any given week to do well the rest yeah. it's a total you know dart at the board yeah and then uh see that you're talking about preseason form so i see you put here dallas kind of looked like they're still in the preseason to you they did um they uh I, I thought offensively they kind of stalled out way too much for what they've got and i think part of that is just sort of connecting as a team and they'll get on track but they they looked a little off to me. Like, they just weren't, I don't know, put together. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, losing your losing Travis Frederick is going to be tough. Like, a new center is nothing easy to get into, so. And I, they definitely exploited that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rams. 
It's, oh my lord, that Aaron Donald rush where he knocked over three people. Oh gosh, dude, he, that guy is absurd. He's a monster, <laughs> and he gets the Eagles next week. Oh man. <laughs> so, and then on the other side of the ball, um, well, I guess this kind of goes hand in hand. Um, the Cowboys' run D without Leighton Vanderish is bad, and the Rams just rammed the ball down like the Cowboys' throw. They ran a ton. It worked well. Some of them might be a line improvement as well. Like they got some like good push off the line like they, oh were, they were just shoving the cowboys d line back so that's one so i think it's kind of two things i think it was like some of both one the cowboys run d is going to be bad and two the rams run offense is going to be better than i expected so yeah their offensive line looked better uh than it has been yeah and who i forget what's his name they got back so they brought someone back i'm trying to remember his name or he was hurt and then came back oh, on the line. Oh. Um, well, Whitworth was sort of off last year and he looked better. Uh, yeah. Who was it? Like the... Hardstein? I'm trying to remember. Some like... Haverstein. Yeah. Haverstein. Yes. Havenstein. Yep, so that helps a lot too. Rab. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then to kind of conclude, I think after the first week, some of the teams are obviously very far ahead. In the AFC, it's the Chiefs and Ravens. And not, maybe Steelers will get there, but as of now, it's Chiefs and Ravens are very far ahead of the AFC. And I see here you also have the Saints looking pretty far ahead of the NFC. Yeah, and I yeah, 100%. Yeah. The Saint, I think the Saints, Chiefs and Ravens are the teams that look the most playoff ready week 1. What about the Packers? The Packers still have the same weakness that they've always had, which is if they play a team that can cover Devontae Adams, they're sunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Although the Saints now without Michael Thomas for some weeks are going to be in some trouble, I think. Absolutely. Because uh, Breeze has made a lot out of, I mean, because he's had times where, you know, like uh, Marcus Colston or like some guys who are good, but not like elite. I, I mean, I'd say on Manny level or maybe even lower, he's made a lot out of, you know, teams that haven't had a ton of weapons, but have been good otherwise. And that's kind of what the still is. He's still got two really good running backs, still got Manuel Sanders. You got Jared Cook. So I think he'll be fine. He's not the same Drew Brees as Super Bowl Drew Brees. Sure. Um, he's not. He's not in Phil Rivers territory yet, but he's definitely has lost some of his um, like oomph to his throws. I think. Yeah. No. I mean, he he hasn't been a super deep ball thrower in a while. This yeah. whole sort of new Saints that they've done is more short passes anyway, mm-hmm. and that might be because of Brees. I would expect Sean Payton to kind of lean more into his quarterback strengths. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I think we're going to get more of the other tight ends, like Josh Hill and maybe some Troutman. We're going to get more Kamara, probably more two-back sets. A lot of Emmanuel Sanders, I think. Like, yeah. We should just get a ton of Emmanuel Sanders, I imagine. <laughs> so, but yeah, because, losing Michael Thomas is big. Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> if they're going to like try to add someone or like trade for someone or if the plan is. Like, imagine if trading for Allen Robinson. Oh, I really want Allen Robinson to get traded. That's a gist of that's gonna be one of my like ongoing things is like free A Rob. Free A Rob. Yeah. But yeah, Sanders Sanders got five targets last week and a touchdown for what it's worth. So I, I obviously expect him to go up and cook had a good week, so they can see a lot of those too. Probably more Taysom Hill, but uh Ugh. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. There will be sort of a rotating array of tight ends on the Saints that are just going to catch touchdowns, and it's going to be really frustrating as a Jared Cook owner, I'm sure, to see. Oh, is that Jared Cook? Oh, no, that's 
Josh Hill. Oh, uh, uh, oh that's Adam Troutman. Oh, that, mm-hmm. oh, that, that, that's Taysom Hill. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, Josh Hill, Adam Troutman, and Taysom Hill are going to be so hard. Especially Taysom and Josh Hill. But um, <laughs> like, they're going to they're be hard to teleport because they all have similar builds and they're all white. So They're all like big white dudes. Yeah. Who so. are like, decent, not great. But we'll still vulture that touchdown. Yeah. I'm curious how soon they're going to get like Adam Troutman really involved, but that's kind of something I'm excited for. But anything else you want to get on? I mean, we know the lines are going to lie in. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, you, you, just, you sent me a text I thought was insightful. Go ahead and kind of just run that back. Was it, on, was it on Trubisky and the Lions? Yeah, about their corners. Yeah, so the the Lions started the week off without Okuda. He was – they did, he. I don't think he was active. Uh, but Justin Coleman, starting corner, and Desmond Trufant, starting corner, both got injured during that game. So that makes the Trubisky comeback seem a lot more plausible, mm. given our knowledge of Trubisky and his ability to make comebacks. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Lions secondary is in shambles. They're holding, like, tryouts, basically, for people to come in right now as corner. Yeah, they, they are so bad right there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if Mitch Trubisky, as bad as he looked, holy shit, if he <laughs> can come back on you, then yeah, wow. They like they definitely need Okuda. They need Trufant to be fine and not be out for a couple weeks. They are very thin, and it's not looking good. Yeah, which also the Bears' D is not good. They should have lost, but there was obviously a Lions-like drop at the end. But, I know, and they still should have won. Like, the Lions still should have had the win there with the. the yeah, they're cursed. But yeah, the uh, Bears D is not good, so it's also worth keeping in mind. 